Peter, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? Behold my greatest creation, Mac. Greetings and salutations, everybody, and welcome to episode 47 of Busy Playing Something. The uh, We're live every Thursday. I don't even know where I'm going with this. My brain was going to go into a joke, and then I stopped myself, and now here we are. But we are busy playing something. We are somewhat of a video game podcast, episode 47, believe it or not. We're nearly at 50. I'm your host for today, Joshua LaRosa, joined, as always, by He Only Streams Everything, Sean Harron. Yes, only streaming everything at the moment. <laughs> and the producer slash seducer, Vincent Candelo. Well, I've definitely been doing some producing. I don't know about seducing, but yeah, I'm, I've been <laughs> doing all right. Yep. And you are the Herald of Yoshida? I am. You know, I was trying to shake things up. Do I usually introduce Vinny first? Vinny first. Yeah. I was going to say, I went to say, I said he only streams everything, and then went to say Vinny, and I'm like, well, hold on. You're See out what of happens? We miss a week. We're the most consistent podcast on the internet. How about that? How about that? But you can find us on Facebook, Instagram. We're obviously live here on Twitch every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Obviously. Thank you, Vinny. So we're just missing cues. How are we all? Yeah, how was everyone's Easter, Sean, starting with you? Yeah, uh, my Easter wasn't too bad, actually. Um, As you you may or may not have heard, uh, Outriders came out on Game Pass. So Mm. I've basically been... I grinded that all weekend. Uh, watched the Bombers smash the Saints, and uh, they're probably going to get beaten tonight against the Swans. Uh, but otherwise, it was a nice, quiet, you know, keep into the weekend, uh, keep at home weekend. Actually, there was one thing that I did do. I did go out to a mate's place um, uh, down west, so actually near, near your place, Josh, and I did a hot wings challenge. I saw. So basically, we got like four kilos of hot wings, and there was 10 different sources. And they go up on the Scoville scale and you start it from number one, you work your way up to 10. Now, I'm not sure about you guys. I'm not a big fan of spicy stuff. Like mayonnaise is just uh, a little bit, I'm kidding. But I, I at number two, I was I was done. Wow. But wow. I, but I pushed, I pushed through. I, I finished off number 10, got to the end, a lot of pacing back and forth, a lot of the whole time. Yeah, I think I've put a video up on Instagram or something like that you about storming it. Storming back and forth, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was me for most of the most of the evening. But uh, no, it was good. Would would probably do it again. <laughs> what about you, Vinny? Did you eat any uh, spicy wings? I didn't have spicy wings, but I had spicy food. So um, mm-hmm. we a couple of months ago, I went out camping down in Phillip Island. Went to the farmers market that morning. Long story short, got a jar of spice, like sorry, chili like chili jam or chili sauce. And mm. then I got, it was like a seven out of 10 and it's like pretty hot. It's nice though. Like put it on my chili scrambled eggs. Beautiful. My friend mm. got a skull out of 10 and that is made of the Carolina Reaper or like the hottest oh, chilies yeah. in the world. And I went over to his house last night. We'll play Monstana doing a couple of, uh, well, yeah. Uh, Monstana rise doing a couple of, um, challenges or so 24 <laughs> FPS. Yeah. And I had a, he, I dipped the toothpick Ooh. in it, Ooh. a toothpick, and you, licked. You didn't the dip the toes? No, <laughs> I dipped a toothpick and I licked the toothpick, and my mouth was on fire instantly. Oh. 
It was mm. insanely hot. I could not fathom how hot it was. I was like, yeah, I'll try it. It's fine. I've had the seven out of 10. How bad this could be? It was mm. like the hottest thing I've ever had in my life. I've done, I'm not, I'm not, a, I like spicy food, but I enjoy it as a person who likes to also enjoy the food that I'm eating. I will yeah. never get, you know, those people are just like maniacs that will just eat it because it's like, I oh, enjoy the pain. But uh, I've had, I've had those, um, go, is it the Ghost Reaper chilies? Carolina Reaper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah my uncle's one of those maniacs that has a stomach that's made out of titanium, but he made this kind of sauce that he was cooking for days and he like reduced it and did that. And um, this was back when I was at Mannheim and we used to do this competition before we would auction, like, you know, have a chili, do this, do that. And, and then go and do the auction. And he brought this paste in and gave me like a cracker. And he said, all right, we're all having one of these before we go on. And this is like 30 minutes before. And I threw up and my teeth were chattering. I was that, it was that hot that wow. my, I was, my jaw was like chattering it's which is weird because that's what happens it's, when you're cold right yeah it's the opposite of what happens <laughs> but uh yeah not a not a big fan i wouldn't do that again wouldn't recommend but we are somewhat of a video game podcast we've got so much to talk about uh obviously outriders has came come out over the last few was it a week or two ago sean ago. april 1st april 1st april ago, fool's yeah. day launched day and day into game pass we did speak about that uh two episodes or one episode back two weeks ago i even did the demo <laughs> sean had played the demos as i have as well didn't stream it of course because you know catch me on stream only on thursdays and sean streams every monday and wednesday that's right that's right finally, sean, you finally us- got it yeah tell us about your experience with uh outrider so far give us your you know your brief review okay so quick summary review i like where the game is heading mm-hmm. uh the the launch itself uh it was the perfect day because the entire thing was a joke but hey. hey but otherwise the game's fairly solid so anybody who likes the division it, it plays very similar to the uh to the division except you don't have to rely on cover which is always handy because you've got the abilities to be able to get you through you can change the difficulty however you want it so you can make it easy to stomp through and play the story which the story is pretty slow early on but it does like pick up and you start to get really get invested. And once it gets to the end, it's like, Oh great. Now we've got like a full end game that Mm. I want to participate in. I want to see what's going to happen at the end. So the fact that it's a purely PVE game, uh, my biggest gripe with it is the fact that, yeah, it's PVE. It's mostly single player with a bit of co-op. And Josh is like floating <laughs> here in the, my face, <laughs> like swiping it. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's all right. Uh, but my biggest gripe about it is the fact that it's all connected to the servers. So if the servers go down, you cannot play the game. And I think always it, this online. Is, this is a yeah, exactly. It's always online, and it's one of these issues that we're we're having, especially here in Australia, because our servers aren't this. Well, we don't have necessarily servers. Our internet connections drop in, drop out. My parents just got MBN, and my dad won't stop complaining about it. It's only been like four days, uh, so we have our issues with that. If we're wanting to play a single player game and mm-hmm. it's always connected online, that's going to have problems. And mm-hmm. so there were problems. The game yeah, is okay. It only crashed me five times yesterday. I counted. Uh, and half of it was on stream as well. But, um, yeah, it, it it's an okay game. Give it some time. Yeah, and I think for me, I, I played the demo. I probably didn't give it enough time because, you know, you've spoken about, obviously, in all the demos and all that, they're shown about all the powers and all that. And I didn't really even get to that point. I was kind of like, oh, this just feels like a, like a poor man's Gears of War type game with Division thrown on top of it. But it, I'm glad to see 
it's got some potential. It's kind of like one of those sleeper hit, you know, double A type experiences. Uh, Vinny, what about you? Did you have a chance to play the demo? I know you watched Sean, but have you had a chance to play Outriders at all? Uh, no, I haven't played it at all. Uh, once again, it's Game Pass only for console. Yep. So you can buy it, but yes, it's yeah, a yeah. No, I'm not buying it. Console. I'm not buying it. <laughs> um, I've been playing Monster Hunter. That's what I've been doing. But yeah, yeah I definitely watched Sean play both both demo streams that he did. It looked look, it looked good. It's just not my kind of game, but I can see the potential in it. I think Sean's right with the whole always online, especially in Australia, just not a good vibe. I'm just getting yeah, especially with our history with MBN and just constant drop in dropouts. We even had a we've had it on our when we've streamed live that we've our channel is just cut out randomly like it did like two weeks ago when we were on. It just it just happens in Australia with our internet. But mm. you know, if they can fix out if we get dedicated servers, if we get a bug, like if we get a couple of patch notes, polish it up a little bit, I can see it having potential. It could be the game that, you know, all right, I'm done with this game. Back to Outriders. New game comes out, story, beat it. Back to Outriders. Could be that. Could yeah. be like the destiny of the new. Yeah, I feel like it's... It, oh, sorry. I think my last little tidbit is it's definitely doing the right things compared to, say, Avengers. This is the game that <laughs> Avengers wanted to be. Should have been. This this is the game. No, the game they wanted to be. It's that they were never going to be. But this is what they wanted to be. Outriders has managed to do it just enough where it'll be relevant for, as I said in my prediction at the start of the year, a month or so, maybe two. Give it some time. If there's some story content coming out in the next three to six months, then we'll be able to start talking about it a little bit more and actually give it maybe the respect that it. Uh, that it deserves but at the moment we'll, we'll see how we go yeah and, and on the server front i think it's clear obviously the game came out on game pass it's what 18 probably 20 million subscribers at this point obviously not all of those are on console but the game would have got a huge influx of players that probably wouldn't have played it if it wasn't on game pass right because it was just ah, oh, it's free it's a new game free it's a new game let's let's jump straight in so i think they'll they'll hedge their bets they'll work through the server issues but square enix aren't well known for getting servers running properly. So fingers crossed. Uh, the game looks fun. Uh, probably will jump in at some point. Maybe once I get my Series X uh, at home, I'll, I'll give it a go. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad the game exists. It's, it was one of the earliest announced next-gen games. Like It's been in development for, for ages. I remember seeing the trailer for Outriders right up to where Godfall was announced, uh, which was the first PS5 game. So it was, it's been in the conversation for quite a while. Uh, Vinny, you touched on Monster Hunter Rise for the Nintendo Switch. Tell us your experience of that so far. Well, as someone who didn't play World, it's a definite definite upgrade from Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate yeah. Um, yeah. on the Wii U Collects Edition, which I have. Three. Yeah. Not, not even 4. No, I didn't play 4 on 3DS. Fuck that. That, that, would have, that would have looked worse than 3. I love it. Won't go near the 3DS, but we'll play the Wii U one. <laughs> yeah, Wii U, best console. Best console. We know um but i i love it i think it's um it's just it's a lot of fun like once i got down i'm playing sword and shield pretty basic but mm. the weapon combinations you realize that they just throw you into the deep end in the game i completely forgot how they do that it's just like cool x is to attack a is to attack figure out all the button combinations on your own we won't tell you anything about it but there's tutorials on like how to capture monsters all that stuff but the game mm. has a steep learning curve but once you once you kind of get your hands around it, it's pretty good, pretty fun. I'm only mm. like 
Monster Hank, Mon- yeah, Monster Hank, Monster Hunter rank four out of um seven, and then after that you can do the all the big quests. But mm. I've technically beaten the game. I was having this argument with my friend, like the end credits rolled. I beat like the I've te- I could put the game the tutorial, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, after you hit like Monster Hunter rank, game. yeah, Monster Hunter rank four. I'm like the end credits rolled. I've technically beaten the game if I can put it down now, but I won't because I'm enjoying it. Mm. But if someone says, have you been Monster Hunter? I can say, why, yes, I have. Yeah, I get that. It's one of those games where you don't really need to finish to get it. No, right? it's just a constant grind. It's like playing an MMO. I didn't MMO. finish World and I played 150 hours and mm. I still didn't get through the end of the campaign. I was like, you, get a, you get a game over in credits if you fail in Pac-Man. Do you beat the game then? <laughs> yeah. No, no, end credits. Not game end over credits. credits. Yeah. Not game over. Yeah, you get the credits. No, I said no, no. See, end game yeah, credits. Yeah, well, he's not... talking. He's talking old school. Like, as yeah. in, you've run out of coins. Here's the credits. Move on, please. Well, hey, look, there, there are some games where you can view the credits in the menu. Not even that's true. End you can say I rolled credits. Mm. Yeah, it's like did you beat the game? Mm. Well, the credits rolled. Something <laughs> happened. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you get like a. There's a couple of games where you get an achievement just for watching the credits from mm. start to finish. I think Metal Gear. One of the Metal Gears had that. Metal Gear. Yeah, I... through like 30 minutes. Metal Gear. And you're like, oh, and, then yeah. all, and then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, five right. G. Finally got past the part where it's not, you know, producer Hideo Kojima, executive producer Hideo Kojima. <laughs> this keeps rolling through. Um, but yeah, I haven't picked up Monster Hunter yet, and it's funny. Like we always talk about, well, I always talk about because you know ecosystems and being in one, and you know, not. I haven't been motivated to pick up my Switch. I'm not feeling it at the moment, and I, I actually had Monster Hunter Rise in my hands today, a physical copy in the store. And I'm just like, I'm not wanting to play this on my Switch. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just... I don't don't like the ecosystem at the moment. I like PS5. It's quick. It's pretty. Just get me straight in. Um, And this game's doing extremely well. Like, I think it's because I'm not a Monster Hunter guy. Like, if you're a Monster Hunter guy, the game's got ties to Nintendo and PlayStation with PSP and PS2. But for me, my first Monster Hunter was World. And that game is gorgeous and still is gorgeous. And then... I feel like I'm just going to play Rise and then be like, this isn't World. And I stopped playing World and there's so much content in World that I've missed and so many expansions that I could go back to that game and it'll be like playing a brand new game anyway. You could play World. World is better than... I've, from what I've heard, World is better than Rise, mm. like for sure in terms of depth and just overall like gameplay, graphics, all that. I mean, because it is a Switch game. 16 mm. FPS, you know, we know. Yeah, docked. But I do like the like the new additions. That, that looks cool. Like the ability to, the is it wyvern riding, they call it, when you can oh, actually the, kind of yeah. ride the, the, the beast or the, the palamute, which is the dog, which is awesome. Yep. That there's a, finally is a rideable dog. I like the, the you know, the, the height that is in the game. Like Will's very flat. Verticality, that's what I'm looking for. And you can use those wire bugs to jump around. So oh, I, yeah, the wire bug I, stuff I, is awesome. I know enough about it to be like a person who would be interested to playing it. It's just, I'm not invested in my switch enough right now. Maybe with the switch switch pro, I think this game was rumored or there was some sort of leak when I think Capcom got hacked that this game was coming yeah. to PC. Um, so there's that too, but Vinny, is there any other games you've been playing that you wanted to touch on or is it just the usual sub, uh, subjects? Oh, what do you mean? League of legends and, uh, and did you want TCG? Did you want TCG? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been playing both. It's been great. Uh, played basketball last night. We won our first game of the season with only two games left. 
Oh, we, nice. we haven't lost every game though. We drew. We've drawn a game before. We tied it up. Old credits. <laughs> tied one game. <laughs> tied one game and won one. So we are not not undefeated. Old Double credits. negative. Wooden spoons. I think there's a team below us. So, and we're versing them next so week. So hopefully drew. we could go to two uh, wins, two one wins. tie, and like ten losses. That's the dream. Mm. Mm. For me, I haven't been playing too much. I went away camping over Easter, so I've kind of been offline. I've had this week off work, um, which has not felt like a week off because I've been on working every day, but whatever. But just been busy with wedding stuff. And now that because we moved everything from obviously we were supposed to get married last September, COVID, and then we moved everything and we're like, oh, we've got heaps of time. And then all of a sudden we're getting calls from the photo people, the video people, the flower people, the reception center, the church, they need us to come in and um boutique's been keeping us busy with all our appointments we need to do there so it's just been a very insane week but i did download abe's odyssey uh abe's odyssey soulstorm which is the new ps5 ps plus game for the month launch day and date uh for ps plus and the game's good it's a ps5 exclusive which is exciting because it's on new gen only but um the game's interesting it definitely I was I was tweeting to a, a friend of ours, a colleague of ours, Cameron, um, who who used to work with us at, at Game Traders, and he's playing the game as well. And he had the very you know, same thought that I had, where it's like this game looks pretty, but plays like a PS One game. And I can, and I said to him, I think that's intentional. Like it's intentional that it's you know, it's an anniversary thing. You gotta, thing. Yeah, hit one button to crouch, but then that that button to you have to hit another button to slow walk. Like it's very PS One esque. Um, but I was surprised by the level of polish in the cutscenes. It's very story-driven. And I know the originals were like that. There was actually like a full-fledged story in those games, but it was just crazy to see. Um, you know, this game that I never thought was very in-depth has like full-on cutscenes in between every mission that are well put together, well polished, voice actings, whatever. But I think that's kind of the point. So I'll, I you know, plan to see it through. You guys plan to download this one on... I didn't even know it was out. To play, oh, well, it's one of the free games, so I'll add it to my list. Well, I won't download it necessarily, but uh, you add it to your account as mm. you do with every game every month. I've got uh, a WWE 20, 2K 2015 or whatever it is that's still part of my uh, Xbox Gold subscription because mm. it was a free game for one month. Even if you don't install these games, just adding them to the account may as well while they're there. So I'll, I might give it a go, but if I was to go back to my PlayStation 5, I'd probably finish the Pathless. Um, that was a good one or you know Sackboy or something like that because i've got a couple a of physical games that i want to finish yeah you need a ps5 exactly and if you again and if any same with you right and all our listeners out there if you are a ps plus subscriber and you don't have a ps5 or a psvr if those games are free add them to your queue because at any point you can down like sean said you can download those and then you know it'd be a great time even if you brought a psvr for the first time right you got those those free games that they have plus all the yep. ones that have been pleased Final Fantasy Seven. yeah for, for PS, yeah, and um, Days Gone was also in this month's um, free games as well. So some pretty good games. I think PlayStation Plus has been extremely strong this year. Between you know we had um, we had Abe's Odyssey obviously this month, Days Gone this month. We had Final Fantasy VII last month. Bug Snacks was there at launch. Like it's been pretty. Bug Snacks maybe, but otherwise it's. Like it's decent PS4 titles is what they're giving us at the moment. Because there's and, nothing on PS5. 
Well, that's the thing. And that's that, that will probably lead into one of the conversations that we have a little bit later. Like, yeah, there's not much on PS5. And even with Xbox, it's not about Xbox series anymore. It's about just, you know, what the Xbox... Yeah, what the platform can provide for you. So we'll probably get into it a little bit more. But uh, I think, yeah, PlayStation, like, they gave you the free games uh, at the start of the PlayStation Plus collection, which Mm -hmm. basically had all their big hits. Mm -hmm. Like, there's only a couple that they were really missing and may get, you know, remasters or something like that down the track, like Horizon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, let's move directly off that. That's a very good point. Let's move on to what we like to call the shoe report. Don't know if I can go straight into it or... Shuhei, let us change your names. <laughs> can I go? go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. I yeah. can't hear it. So good job with that, Vinny. So the shoe report, uh, we have only three news stories this week, but they're pretty beefy. So the first one, speaking of Xbox, speaking of Game Pass, MLB The Show comes to Xbox Game Pass. So Microsoft surprisingly announced that MLB The Show 21, formerly a PlayStation exclusive, would launch day in day or day in day with on Game Pass. MLB is developed by Sony first party San Diego Studio, which was founded in 2001 and has been working on the MLB license since 2006. In 2019, MLB announced that MLB The Show would be coming to other platforms. They then announced that it's the only AAA, uh, sorry, MLB The Show has been the only AAA baseball game for years as 2K ended its baseball series after 2013 and each installment of MLB The Show is consistently one of the best sport games of the year. Now we have a situation where The Show, a game developed by a PlayStation first party, has come to Xbox and its service game pass, ending its 15-year-long exclusivity with PlayStation. So some exciting news there. I guess the question uh, that I wanted to pose was, this is another win, yet another win for Game Pass. I want to talk about how does this affect things optically? What does this look like for both Xbox getting a PlayStation game on their service? And what does this leave for PlayStation fans? Sean, I'll start with you. Yeah, so I won't touch necessarily into the the, the, the Sony aspect of it. I'm going to look more into the sports game side of it so at the moment we've had ea play come to xbox recently which you know josh is fully excited about um so we've we've got like madden fifa all these sorts of sport games that ea do they're already available on uh game pass now but previously it was part of its own service and ea play is now part of playstation so already like all these sport games are getting that traction you can buy the newest one and then if you sell it to get the the latest one when it does come out you'll still have access to that old game through these services and every sport, every major sport game is already following on that trend. But with MLB, that wasn't the case. So mm-hmm. the fact that it's now, it's not only just PlayStation, but it's now moved over to Xbox. I think MLB is starting to see, okay, well, we're focusing on PlayStation. We're really only hitting a third of the market. Like, like discounting Nintendo because Nintendo are weird. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're the weird cousin. But you, you've got PC, you've got Xbox. If you're able to get into those markets, it may actually be a little bit better for your branding and for the MLB brand, not necessarily for the PlayStation players. And I think that's where this this whole thing is coming into. Uh, we're talking like about Bethesda and and how there might be exclusives on Xbox, but that's because they're trying to build the Xbox branding mm-hmm. with Bethesda. This isn't about PlayStation or Sony. This is about MLB, MLB trying to basically jump into where FIFA is and where Madden uh, is now headed uh, mm. and try and get that wider audience. So it makes a lot of sense in terms of that. Sure, great for Game Pass players and, and for people with Xboxes and all that. For PlayStation, like, 
are you gonna really be upset about it not really like you can you can still play the game it's still going to be available on playstation you might feel like something's been taken away from you but in reality you still got it we're just sharing it around yeah uh sure uh vinnie what about you um so with i don't see it as that big of a deal for xbox in terms of like okay no so it's a big deal but it's more like it's not like they're opening a door it's like they've cracked a window to the side like just the front door's locked but there's a little like like this much of the window and they can kind of creep their way in breeze coming through yeah every day yeah yeah Yeah. they're not just barging in weird like entrances but it's good because if they see that this is going to be beneficial to mlb why wouldn't they throw another exclusive on there but also it's very it's the niche mlb is a niche of and it's just doing what all the other sport games are doing like you said all those sport games are in game pass why not throw another one on there but they're not necessarily throwing any exclusive like sony exclusive characters so sony exclusive like first party games it's just like it's just their their version of another sport game that is exclusive to sony so i see that as i don't think it's going to mean anything big for in terms of their own characters like I don't see, I don't not gonna see any like Abe's Odyssey. I'm not gonna see Jack and Daxter on Game Pass. On there. Yeah, I'm not gonna see exactly no God of War on Game Pass. But mm-hmm. I could see other things that are, you know, like Drive Club, if that was a thing. <laughs> you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, what I said. Like, I can see where yeah. you come from. Like yeah, other... it's not named characters. It's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess on that point, because this is a lot of the confusion that I've been seeing online, I, I, I couldn't believe it. There was, you know, big media sites tweeting out like Xbox gets, you know, PlayStation game on Game Pass or whatever, which technically it has, but the game's not it's actually published by PlayStation on Xbox. It wasn't their choice to put it on Game Pass. So where PlayStation publishes MLB on PlayStation, that's why it's a first party, it's in conjunction with MLB, MLB, as in the actual MLB, is the publisher now of that game on other platforms. So Microsoft, very, very shrewd of them, would have gone to MLB knowing that optically this would make PlayStation look like they've launched a game on their service, said, here's a big chunk of change. Can we launch this game day and day in Game Pass? And obviously MLB bit. So I think it's an awesome, that's a very smart move by Microsoft because in the eyes of the consumer, all of a sudden they've got a PlayStation game on their service it's day one. Day one, day one, it's free, free in quotes. And PlayStation fans now have to pay full price to buy this game where it's not full price on, on Xbox. So optically, this makes Sony look stupid, even though they probably, you know, clearly don't want this to be what's going on, but it is what it is, right? And Microsoft have done that. So I, like Sean and Vinny said, I wouldn't expect any other PlayStation exclusive, first party, anything with Sony branding on Xbox again. Um, this will be the only game, and it's only because MLB is publishing it. Sorry, Sean. Oh, no, I think I think there, there could be more down the track, and I I, I know where Vinny was going with like Drive Club, um, but it, it, I think it does kind of open the door a little bit for this sort of stuff to occur. Um, so we're not talking about games like Bug Snacks and that sort of stuff, but you know games that are known as PlayStation games. We've already seen Microsoft; they're they're in the age of spending now, and they did it for Tomb Raider. And now they've done it for MLB to an extent just to get it at day one. I, mm. I wouldn't be surprised if there is another avenue down the track where, you know, a game was a PlayStation oriented game, but it was distributed by, you know, a parent company or something like that. And Microsoft and Xbox will deal with them 
just as they've done here with MLB, instead of dealing with Sony and working around yeah. Uh, yeah. any agreements. I think it will happen in the future. Yeah. Stuff like that does happen. Like if you think Death Stranding, right, Sony published that on PlayStation, but 505, which is a different uh, uh, publisher, published that on PC. That's different. But I'm saying more Sony-developed and published games you won't see on Game Pass. I would say never say never. Yeah. I'm willing to put a – do we want to make a bet live? A five-year bet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that could be like a 10, a 5, event. 10, 15 year industry. It'd be like a next gen thing that we'd be talking about because they're setting mm. their ways in this generation, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Xbox is moving to the Game Pass subscription service. Sony's still doing their normal thing. So, really, mm. it'd be like it'd be a bet for six years down the line when the new consoles get announced. And it'd be yeah. very, it's very narrow minded to think it won't happen, especially when your mindset is maybe two, the next two, three years. Like, no, I don't think it's going to happen in the next two, three years. Four or five, eight or nine, two generations away, quite possibly, because this is this isn't going to be an isolated incident either way. Mm. All right, I will put a bet down with you guys. That is going to be we're going to have to track it. So if you're watching in the chat, M. Scottman, I'm sure you'll keep track. <laughs> By the end of this generation, Ooh. the PS5, Xbox Series X, S, there will not be another, or won't be a, because this is not one of them a PlayStation developed first party game that is also a published PlayStation game appearing on Xbox services. So that's Xbox, Xbox. And, and Game Pass. That includes Game Pass for PC? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that bet. All right. I reckon, what I reckon it will happen. Let's do it. Let's just keep it simple. We'll just do a nice pizza bet. Uh, my yeah. shout for pizzas if I'm, I'm wrong. Don't you owe pizzas? No, I owe pizzas. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, stacking my pizza bets here, but that is my bet. I'm happy to to virtually shake hands with you right now. That's yeah, no, another play a PlayStation first party developed and published game yeah. will not appear on an Xbox console or service. I think it will, and I'm not. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to specifically pick which game, but I'll give an example of the games that I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Horizon. No. You won't. I think I, I I wouldn't be surprised if 10 years down, or like this generation, we will see it game pass PC at least. It's coming to, it's already come to PC, but it won't be on game pass. You never know. You never know. All right. Well, the dice has been uh, rolled here, guys. There's a live bet on the table. Um, so hedge your bets, guys. But I uh, just so you know, I like meat lovers. So keep that in mind i will address thank you Vinny, for bringing it to my attention uh in the chat hey guys as our industry experts should sony be worried about all these big plays by xbox does anyone want to jump in on that before i give my thoughts um i'll uh, just yeah okay. i'll just say um we spoke about this in the past i just don't think it's they're running their each individual races someone's running the 100 meter dash someone's doing relay so it's they're yeah, like I said, they're running their own race. I don't think Sony should be scared of anything Microsoft's doing because they're doing different things. They're playing the subscription service. Sony's doing the traditional sense of a, a game releasing on a console. Sure. Yeah, sure. I, I, I tend to agree. I think we've we've got uh, the marathon runners in, in Sony moving from generation to generation, and uh, Microsoft have come out with their synchronized swimming team. Uh, yeah. And so they're like all the consoles oh, working together to play the same games. Uh, so I, I think because they are doing, they're going in different directions. 
like, yeah, Sony's going to be a little bit, eh, but in in essence, like Microsoft's, uh, well, we'll say Xbox because the the question's asking Xbox. Uh, Xbox has money to throw, and they they've tried to kind of go their own way, and it's it's done okay, but it hasn't necessarily been like um, industry leading. So yeah. now they're like, okay, well, let's crack out the checkbook and let's see what we can do with some money. And they've done it like Bethesda, obviously we keep talking about, but that that's the biggest one to date. Mm. But even previously, like even with Minecraft and they, they've been acquiring all these different IPs and they're trying to move into that sort of direction. Now that they've got this service of Game Pass and they've got the, the mobile platform, the PC and all that sort of stuff all tied in together, I, I think like, yeah, Microsoft's kind of trying to build that software element to to what they, to what they are and what their branding is with sony they've been able to work playstation one playstation two you know what the next playstation is going to be it's like it's like comfort food we know what to expect mm. and then we get blown away by what the games that uh are delivered and all that sort of stuff like playstation was uh playstation 3 was lacking against xbox 360 because it didn't really have any big players oh, last of us pop yeah last of us pops up Next thing you know, they've caught up to 360. PlayStation 4, they've taken that momentum and moved forward. And so Sony can kind of see that that is the way to go, and they're going to push that forward. So I wouldn't be, if I was uh, like a Sony fanboy, uh, I wouldn't be worried in a sense because I'm still going to get what I want. Yeah, Xbox has their the platforms. They've got yeah, the, mostly the same games, which that happens every generation. But like I'm not missing out. I can always get Game Pass for PC if I need it. I have those options, but I wouldn't be worried. Josh, are you worried? As a PlayStation fanboy. Um, <laughs> I'm a fanatic. That's right. Good callback, Ben. I am slightly concerned, um, not in the, the sense that I'm worried that, you know, Microsoft's buying everyone up and it's all going to come and see. I think if you looked, the best Sony in my eyes is when they've got their feet held to the fire, right? And, Sean, you mentioned, obviously, Last of Us with PS3 and 360 generation. For those who don't remember or too, or too young, um, it was 360 for the longest time when those consoles came out. It probably wasn't until about 2009, I'd say, Uncharted 2 was the point. The Slim came out, and we, we got those games starting to really hit, Infamous 2 and all the rest. So for me, the best PlayStation in my eyes, it, it kind of goes in roundabouts. Microsoft were very corporate. And then Sony weren't. They had your Shuhays, you had your Adam Boys, you had those Jack Trentons on stage. Personalities. Yeah, you have those personalities. Like you, you look into our intro, right? I've got so many small PlayStation references because I made it, but there's so many like key little things that happened on the E3 stage that were personality driven. The jokes were Shuhei, Jack Tretton coming out, you know, how to share your games on PlayStation versus Xbox. That was their beat. They were for the gamers. That was their that was literally their tagline. And that worked. And PS4 came out and just hit the ground running. Microsoft slipped up and a lot of PlayStation's success was because of that really bad Xbox reveal, right? Sony did everything right and has continued to do everything right through that generation, but Microsoft severely screwed up, severely. And then Phil's come in and he's made those changes. So what we're seeing now, and my concern is the point where Sony has gone back to PS3 Sony where it's, we know Phil Spencer, who's running Sony, who's running PlayStation, right? I know it's Jim Ryan, but like, Jim Ryan's not a personality. He's a, he's a real corporate guy. That's he's a name. He's not even a name. He's just, play, like, it's just 
most people wouldn't know who he is. I feel like on the Xbox side, more people would know who Phil Spencer is versus on the PlayStation side, know who Jim Ryan is. And everyone knew Reggie. Yeah. Like, yeah, Phil Spencer is now a Reggie type personality where PlayStation had four or five of these people that were the personalities that were, you know, connecting with gamers. They were really, you know, PlayStation experience, all those moments were really cool. And we've lost that. And PlayStation are being very cold. And we're going to talk about them a bit later with the way that they're dealing with things, the way that they're speaking with their customers. I think they should be worried in the sense where not one thing that Microsoft's done is going to knock Sony off first place. I don't think we'll knock them off even this generation, but it's a war of uh, attrition. I was going to say nutrition again. It's a war of attrition (laughs) where they are slowly chipping away where Outriders comes to Game Pass. What's Sony doing? Nothing. Okay. Uh, MLB comes to Game Pass. All right, the Bethesda deal. Uh, Backwards compatibility. Um, You know, free upgrades, the way that you upgrade Avengers on PS5 versus what you can do on Xbox with smart delivery. Like all these little things start happening. And Sony, I've noticed, have done this thing and they did this last year, which I think may have actually worked for them because if you look at their sales, they're having the best year that they've ever had. Game software is through the roof. They're actually doing the best they've ever done. But in my eyes, I feel like it's not. And it's, yeah, yeah, they, they do this thing where they go quiet. Like you think last year, we didn't even know what the PS5 looked like. And then June hit and that's all everyone was talking about with that press conference. And then they backed it up in August with another press conference. And it was just, here's God of War. Here's the new Horizon. Here's the new Spider-Man game. Like Ratchet and Clank. Like these are all new games that were announced. Godfall. But they were able to hype that up to a console launch during a year of pandemic where people were staying at home and buying games in record numbers. Mm. Yeah, it was the best year for anyone. Literally Animal Crossing. Yeah, and and saying that last year, I think Microsoft had a really good showing, but there was a lot of times where it was like not as great as this year, right? Like you think of the Halo Infinite reveal, that got smashed. They had that inside Xbox May event where it was, remember the Assassin's Creed gameplay reveal? And we saw about 30 seconds, they got smashed there. But ever since then, they've been transparent. They, you know, they bumped up the price for Xbox Gold and immediately brought that back. You know, their Twitter's been reactive to, to things that are happening in the industry and replying to people where Sony's like, oh, you got a VR headset and you want to use it on PS5, here's the free adapter, work out how to get it. And we're not Did you get it? Uh, I still haven't got it. I've, I've, I've got, wait. I've I'll got one. Wait. I'll wait for the, the new thing. But then they'll do this thing, and then all of a sudden, in a week, they announce a new VR headset, announce new controllers, they announce they brought Evo, which, whatever. Like, they'll just do these things. But I think the best Sony is Sony being held to the fire. So as, as, as great as Microsoft is doing, I want them to do more better because I want Sony freaking out because that's when we got what happened with PS4 and it was like, let's bring the heat. Let's give away good games. Let's make good games. Let's do some pro-consumer moves, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. They haven't been doing that. That's my rant. <laughs> Any thoughts on anything I just said there, guys? Uh, yeah, Vinny, you want to talk? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, <laughs> no, no, no questions. No questions. Well, yeah, Josh, like you, you, you kind of explained it well. I, I, like people need to put it into perspective that, like, and we, we've spoken about it a couple of times in previous episodes, where it's no longer Xbox versus PlayStation in terms of console v console and that sort of stuff. They're providing different services. That they're providing different games and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, Sony has gone more co- uh, corporate, where there'll be a lot of like a long pause, and then everything comes, and then they're going to be quiet again. 
and you don't know who's going to, like, you don't know what's going to happen. It's just like, oh, reveal in 48 hours or whatever. Whereas Xbox is at the stage where it's like, yeah, we're doing it in a week and a half. You've got plenty of time. You'll know exactly what's going on. Uh, the same thing with the console launches. So the PlayStation 5 was like, oh, by the way, it's uh, available tomorrow. And everyone's that like, was Wait, a- that wasn't their fault though. That was the, the stores going, you know what? Yeah, yeah. You guys, we're going to yeah. just put well, everything was, up. That was the stores, but still like that was part of it. And then mm. Xbox is like, yep, we're going to set a date and yeah. you can get it on this date. And everyone's like, oh yeah, awesome. But then nobody gets one. And then all the uh, bots came in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, they, they, the they're doing their own different ways. It's working for, for Microsoft at least, well, for Xbox now. But keep in mind that Xbox gets kicked down a lot. Yeah, and that's the thing I'd say, oh, Craig, just remember, like, there is no need to have a conversation is, you know, it's PlayStation Now versus Game Pass. We don't, they don't need to have comparable services, right? Like, I know we got Gold and we got PlayStation Plus and they are the same thing. Nintendo Online. But Microsoft, Sony don't need a Game Pass solution, right? They can do, i rather them invest elsewhere, right, and do other things because we've already got a Game Pass. Not everything needs to be, this one's done this, we need to do this. We got Bethesda, so we buy Evo. Like, it's not that simple. So I'm just checking through the chat. Was there anything else we missed? Uh, Six is there in the chat, so we'll we'll address this one in just a second, guys. But was there any other questions or thoughts you wanted to speak about uh, about MLB? I know we kind of touched on it for five minutes, and then I went on a rant, but was there anything else you wanted to talk about there? Like, I I think it's a great get for for Xbox, like, just in general. And not only that, but because it's... Because MLB is kind of one of those PlayStation games, and it's usually not big here in Australia, and so like like we we've known that kind of working in retail, like a store might get two copies, sells yeah. out in the day, and then you got to wait to the next lot, and it's basically you got to pre-order it and all that sort of thing. So there's not a lot of copies out there physically, but if it's on a service like Game Pass and people will be able to play it on day one, for that's free? actually yeah, well for free, yeah, that's a that's a huge get for the game itself. So I think I think this is the smartest decision that MLB did for its um, for its IP. Yeah, it, it's going to suck to be Sony, but in reality, like it doesn't matter. They still get a cut of everyone. They, they, they've still got yeah, exactly. They've got Ratchet and Clank coming. They've got God of War coming. Um, yeah, I, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they got other they got other things coming. They yeah, got they got bigger fish to fry. They got they got Evo to plan. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, we'll move on from there. Six, I will address your question there in the chat as well. Have you covered the Kojima rumor from, from earlier today? We haven't. Um, do you guys want to have a quick conversation yeah, about the rumor before we move yeah, on? Yeah, we're not. Five minutes. <laughs> All right, I haven't got it pulled up, but basically in short, Six, correct me if I'm wrong, there's been rumors circulating that uh, Kojima is in talks with Microsoft about their next game. This is due to a couple of things, right? I don't know if you guys remember, Phil Spencer had a video where he had the Luden statue next to the Xbox logo and everyone got all excited over that. And then I believe it was Jeff Grubb from VentureBeat um, during a podcast mentioned that Kojima is speaking with Microsoft about potentially bringing their next game to the service or to the console. So if you don't remember, Death Stranding was kind of uh, published and funded by PlayStation and it is an exclusive that is also now coming to PC or it's out on PC. But the rumor is that, yeah, Microsoft is speaking with Kojima about bringing their next game, whether that be exclusive or at least to the console slash service. Yeah. How do we feel about that? That's the one. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that, that, that was it. Um, I'm not surprised in the slightest. 
I think like Death Stranding was 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 nice for Kojima to do with PlayStation, but how did it go sales wise? Because I know there were a lot of returned copies. Didn't sell particularly well. I think they didn't really critically acclaimed though. Critically, Sony will talk when games sell well, right? Like they'll be like, "Oh, it sold ten million plus units." But when a game does okay, um, they don't talk they don't, about it. They don't generally talk yeah, about it. we saw. I, I think I've seen more buzz about the trailer than I have the actual game itself when it came yeah. out. And the hardcore fans who who played it, they love it. They won't stop talking about it. And for the other ninety five percent of the population who played the game, they're like, "Eh." So I think, you know, Kojima, like he, he did his little thing that he worked with Sony, the, the good graces there or whatever you would call it. It makes no surprise to me whatsoever that Phil Spencer would go out of his way and say, hey, Kojima, come and, come and work on Xbox. Can we put you it on, yeah, put it on PC, phone, console, whatever you want. Mm. Game Pass, day one, yours, you love it. I'm not surprised in the slightest that uh, these conversations are happening. Even if it's just rumors, it makes sense. Mm. I Mm. think that it would be great going on what we've just spoken about in terms of personalities. We like, we know about Phil Spencer. We know who Kojima is. Yeah. That's getting another personality to do an Xbox game. So Mm. I think that's, that's just going to help Xbox move forward. Even if the game is like death stranding Two, like electric boogaloo, that's fine. That's enough. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right that, that's all my thoughts Vinny, what about you um you made a very good point where you like um with the luden statue beside it and it's just like and in my, my initial thought was like oh it's probably just coincidence probably just a fan and then like my that's initial thought coming, coming. Yeah. yeah but then my other thought is it's just an easter egg and like who in the world loves easter eggs like it's the gaming community who made it up in the first place it's like that is definitely not a coincidence that is an Easter egg and that is hinting at something. So, well, done that three. Well, this is would be yeah. the third time now, right? They had the series, Phil Spencer had the Series S in his bookcase behind him. Then, on the on the Xbox launch trailer, the guy was wearing the Xbox headset, which has only just come out, wasn't announced until about a month ago. Their new gold headset, whatever they call it. So, this would be the third. So, they have yeah, a history so, of doing this, yeah. Easter eggs no surprise to the game community. So I like when people read into it and they're just like, Oh, what does this mean? Oh, what does this mean? Because a lot of the time, especially when they're like, nothing's in the back is it's product placement for a reason, you know, it's in the rear. It's there. So they catch an eye. It's like, you see, Oh, my, one of my orange uh, GameCube there. It's always catching an eye. My shitty setup behind me <laughs> <laughs> with no RGB. I forgot about turning them There's on. There's a reason why that, that uh, GameCube's there. It's because our podcast is actually coming to GameCube. Exactly. Yeah. Eight centimeter discs. Yeah. Yeah. No piracy. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, I, this makes perfect sense. Um, interesting to see if Kojima would bite and, and kind of, He's kind of always aligned with PlayStation. There's a lot of respect there. They kind of helped him set up and get his feet running with Kojima Productions after he left Konami. So I don't know. I think the conversation has definitely happened, 100%. They've had that conversation. I don't know if he will buy it. It'd be interesting if if he does. But Six, I want you to think, or the chat or everybody here, I think the key takeaway here is twofold. Optically, I think Death Stranding, as much as it didn't sell well, was a good get to get Kojima in your name, in your portfolio. And Microsoft are doing the same thing because this is another Sony partnership, you know, personality. And not only that, um, Microsoft, what, what has Sony recently closed? 
Oh, they closed one of their uh, yeah. studios in. Oh, wasn't it Japan? Japan? Wasn't it PlayStation? Wasn't it PlayStation Studios? PlayStation Studio Japan. They and what are you branded? We all know. There you go. Yeah, it's a Sobe studio. <laughs> but um, where is Microsoft weakest in? Japan. Japan. Yeah. Now, yeah. Microsoft now have a Japanese studio with uh, Evil Within, the developer. Sorry, Evil Within is the game. The developer is, it'll come, it'll come to me. Um, Somewhere. Yeah, but they don't have a strong presence in Japan. If you can get Kojima on board in terms of setting up a Japanese presence, that's huge. So that's what I think that conversation is happening because it's like, well, Sony's kind of stepped back from Japan. We want in. And we're already working with Sega with the Yakuza to get all those games on Game Pass. Let's work together and we can bring this game to, as Phil Spencer says, billions of gamers around the world through Game Pass and all that fun stuff. Tango? So, Tango Gameworks, that's the one. That's the one. Thanks, Vinny. So, right. yeah, they've, they actually own a first-party Japanese studio in Tango. So partner with Kojima. This could be exciting. Uh, will it happen? I don't know. I think this one's – this isn't – this is different. I think Kojima is so aligned. He doesn't want to, you, and you got to be careful not to bite the hand that feeds you too, right? Because Sony helped set up that studio, pretty much rescued him right after Konami left through. So I'm, I believe the conversations happen. I think Microsoft would push for it, and anyone can be purchased with the right amount of money. But let's just wait and see on this one. I'm willing to predict that we'll see something at E3. Yeah, well, one of the, I think. One of the producers on Death Stranding, or one of the one of the team members at Kojima Production, said to expect the next game announcement shortly or soon. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see it this year at E3. Excellent. Death Stranding got made pretty quickly. We've got to keep that in mind. Like there wasn't a lot. It's not like a very involved third person. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a lot of walking, really, right? Walking simulator. There's some walking, some shooting, but I think we've uh, pretty much covered that six. So thank you for addressing that in the chat. No Dom today uh he will return at some point um but he isn't obviously present with us today next topic on the shoe report what is it speaking of playstation sony kills the ps3 the ps vita and the psp store so sony has announced the closing of the playstation store. circle square Mm-mm. has announced the close wallet and watch yeah has announced can I kind of announce the closer closing of the PlayStation store and PlayStation three consoles on July 2nd this year and the PlayStation Vita devices on August 27th. Additionally, the remaining purchasing functionality of PSP or the PlayStation portable will also retire July 2nd. Now I've listed some key features that you'll still be able to access. So if this is your first time hearing and you own a PSP, PS3 or PS Vita, more importantly, these are the key things to know. You will still be able to re-download and play previously purchased game titles. You'll still be able to access previously purchased video and media content. So your Pornhub account is safe. You'll still be able to redeem game PlayStation Plus vouchers, and you'll still be able to re-download and play claim game titles through PlayStation Plus as long as you remain a member of the service. Features you will lose. You'll no longer be able to purchase PS3, PS Vita, and PSP digital content, including games and video content. You will no longer be able to make in-game purchases through games on PS3, PS Vita, and PSP. And you'll no longer be able to redeem PS and wallet fund vouchers, for example, gift cards on PS3, Vita, and PSP devices on the PlayStation Store. So... This has been rumoured to happen. We we had rumours swirling, I think, a week or two ago that this was going to happen. It's happened. 
the rumors were true. They've closed. They're killing the Vita finally. It's been limping along since 20, I think, 2014. After since 2014, launch. it was limping since launch. But uh, they finally, they finally done it. How do we? I want to get our initial thoughts on this. Like, how do we feel about Sony doing this? Okay. Yeah, it's fine. They're two generations. You guys, aren't, you guys don't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're all cool with it. You're okay letting the Vita die. Let me go get my Vita. No, don't do that. No. Okay, okay. Look, I'll just say I'm okay with letting I'm okay with letting PS3 die. So anything that's it's now two generations in the work like works like Nintendo is not going to keep their Wii store open. They close that. It's Microsoft isn't going to keep the 360 stuff. It's it's closed. Mm. It just makes sense to you channel your resource. You keep it for two generations. I think that's a long enough gap because people sometimes people skip a generation. They'll go like they'll go from. 360 to series X. They'll go from PS3 to PS5. So it's fine. I don't see that as a big deal. The PSP, long time mm. coming. That thing was that thing was essentially once they figured out the jailbreaking was just an emulation station. Yeah. So, and they retired the PSP store properly in 2016 anyway. This is just the final nail in the coffin to get out of here. Get out of here. Um now for the Vita. Once again, I saw it as more of a... I played a lot of just retro stuff and I played my Russian Clan collection and played Jack, Jack and Daxa collection. The only thing I played exclusively on that thing was Persona 4 Golden, which is now on people. Steam. <laughs> anyway, it was the whole reason I bought a Vita was for Persona 4 Golden. So mm. it's it's fine. It seems like, once again, the Vita, we said, the Vita was limping. It's a long time coming. I have no shame in letting that thing uh, just... Uh, Burn it to the ground, burn it to ashes, and send it in the wind. It's a candle in the wind. Mm, All right, just I'm let ready it go. To see it go. Why? What has <laughs> it done? For, what has it done lately? Nothing for me lately. But there, there, there is a lot in this, right? Where I kind of said, "What are you guys' overall thoughts?" Because the idea of the stores closing, I think, is okay. Makes sense. PSP is well overdue. PS3, like like Vinny said, right? We're in we're, we're at PS5 at this point. The PS3 is two generations old. Makes sense. Vita unfortunately, uh, is happening. I, I, when we spoke about the rumor, I think my stance was I can see PSP in three. I didn't think PS Vita would die this quickly. Um, and yeah. the reason for that is games are still actively in development for PS Vita. Not many, but there is games in development. And in development for the Dreamcast. Yes, but the, I think the issue that <laughs> developers are having is like I, I've been uh, listening to a podcast and there was a developer on there. They recently just purchased, Sony sold them appears via dev kit as in in february knowing well and truly that they were going to kill the store in july and these developers are investing time and money into making games and i just think they've done the wrong thing here where i stand on it is if this was anyone else i.e microsoft we probably would have got last year last august last july hey ps3 vita and psv stores are closing in 12 months so mourn you've got 12 months to prepare yourselves that's what the, that would be the right thing to do i think the idea of hey you've got three months um you know sorry all the developers that have got ps vita games in the works that won't be out until later this year too late too late if you purchase cartridges to, to put it on physical copies well oh that, i guess in that sense you're okay but it's just i think the right thing to do would have been to give everyone a year's notice do you guys agree with that sure do you agree yeah um, I think more notice, yes. Um, overall, like 
we we'll talk about this i'm sure about you know game preservation and all that sort of stuff where it's basically non-existent uh we which is probably the biggest shame out of this entire thing but these are services where sony be tracking how many people are actually utilizing them there wouldn't yes. be many so the fact that they're openly selling dev kits you know even two months ago that's the big issue mm, especially yeah. if they knew about it but like you can see it one of two ways either this is a big issue that they're selling these dev kits and then two months later closing the store or the fact that they're doing the dev kits thinking, oh yeah, everything's all, all rosy. And then something's made them change their mind. And two months later say, Hey, actually we're going to close it. So, and it, I don't know, it's closing what July. So that's right after, um, PAX is, oh, no, PAX, uh, right after E3 and financial year and all that sort of stuff. So, I feel like, yeah, they, they, they might have known about this for a little bit. It, it doesn't seem like the sort of decision that they would make on the fly. Yeah, and to uh, your point, yeah. I think what may have happened, and I, you know, I'm no Sony insider, so I don't know exactly how it works. No, that's I, it. <laughs> I believe what you know may have happened is Sony's very uptight in everything, and they just didn't tell the people that were providing dev kits out that this was happening. This would have been something they had close to their chest, and then they sent the press release out and here it is and we're closing in a few months but you are right there is a conversation to be had about game preservation because sony don't have a native backwards solution backwards compatible solution for its latest console and the key point with both psp ps3 and the vita is those those consoles are the only native way to emulate ps2 and ps1 games because for some reason the ps3 store could have PS2 and PS1 games, like native games, not up res, just the traditional games sold, where PS5 and PS4 didn't have that. So that's the shame, right? Because if you wanted to go back and download Castlevania Symphony of the Night, unless you've already purchased it on Vita or PS3, I can't go on the PS5 store now and search that game up because it's not going to be on there. I was so reading I up, yeah, sorry, I was reading up about Ratchet and Clank uh, Gladiator which we got, which was deadlocked, I think, in America. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it was a PlayStation 2 game, Love and there was, game. A H, there was a HD version <laughs> available, and I'm pretty sure it was only available on the PS3 or the, like the PS3 store or the Vita store or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was only available on this store digitally. And so yeah. unless you had the original PlayStation 2 game, like this was the only way that you'd be able to play it by downloading it digitally. Yeah. There's no like trilogy on a disc or anything like that you can grab and chuck in. And so they, they're going to lose a lot of these sorts of games through cutting out, which always happens. But, yeah, it leads on to the point you're about to talk about. Yeah, and that's going to be the question. I think the idea that the stores are closing down, look, that's, that's the news, that is what's happening. But I think the bigger conversation is around game preservation and backwards compatibility. So the question I want to ask is do we care personally about backwards compatibility or is an old game old? Vinny, I'll start with you. I love backwards compatibility. I think it's very important. I mean, there's so many, there's games where I just really want to play that I just can't be bothered playing because I have to unplug something and plug something in. I mean, I have my retro consoles all like behind there from Super Nintendo to PlayStation and GameCube that are at my, you know, access, but it's still, it's, it's annoying because I have to unplug, plug back in, finicky with it, change, you know, HDMI to AV. Yeah. Classic blow on the cartridges for the um 64 yeah for the 64 this snes the nes but you know when on the switch online you have the 
you have the uh, Nintendo and Super Nintendo emulations. That mm -hmm. were really handy. I've actually played them because they're free when you have, well, free when you have when the you Nintendo, Nintendo Switch Online. Online subscription. So I found it really, really convenient to play those games. And Vinny, to your point, Nintendo literally sold emulated games on a cartridge <laughs> in Mario 3D All-Star. Yeah, 35th anniversary. Yeah. yeah. So I got no problem with it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's, I think battle compatibility is very important. And I mean, it just makes, it's a good thing to have. I know people were really arcing up about it when the PS3 didn't have it, but it wasn't native in the later consoles. Mm, when they took it out. Afterwards. Yeah. Because yeah. it was, and it's like, they took it out because people were arcing up about the price being too high. So it's just like, what do you want? Yeah. Can I have it both ways? Exactly. What about you, Sean? Do you care about backwards compatibility? I do. Uh, I think one of the biggest selling points of games is nostalgia. Whether it's a, a character you love, a series you love, a game you grew up on. Like these are these are huge things. Like Pokemon, for example, everyone's talking about Pokemon cards now because the nostalgia's hit. And then we've got Pokemon Snap uh, coming out for Switch and everyone's psyched about it. I think nostalgia is like a huge driving point. And it's it's really interesting because there's three different ways that you can go with backwards compatibility. And we're seeing that from the three main consoles that have come out. You've got your Switch, your, your PlayStation, your Xbox. So we'll, we'll start with the Switch. So the Switch, they've chosen uh, to do emulation and they'll resell you the emulation of the game. And we keep saying, oh, but Nintendo, they're going to sell the same games every generation. Yeah, they are. And people are going to buy pe them. Pe and people buy them. And people still play them. And there's no issues there. Like half of the Switch's first party lineup of Mario games Is are Wii all U. the Wii U games <laughs> that have just Wii been up-resed for the Switch. Yeah. And it, yeah, exactly. People will buy it. And then you look at PlayStation, where PlayStation's like, yeah, look, we'll do some HD remasters. Hmm. Otherwise, or like, you know, HD versions of cutscenes and that sort of stuff. But otherwise, yeah, it's not really there. Okay. Like, yeah, exactly. It's it's not about that. We don't want you to play, you know, Jack and Daxter, um, like the original, yeah. how it is. We're going to upscale it and do all this fancy stuff. And then you have to buy it digitally on the store hmm. or go through like a limited run and get a physical copy that way. And then yeah. you've got Xbox, who's basically done everything in between where it's like, look, whatever console the game is on, if we're able to get it so you're able to play on the console that you are using, then we'll do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the big selling points of the Xbox One and now the series. The series, we don't talk about the series games. We talk about the fact that it has such a huge library. You can play your 360 original Xbox games on it and all that sort of stuff. So we're th seeing three different avenues on how backwards compatibility works and or whether or not it's something that you know these companies are looking forward in. Nintendo, as much as people give them shit for selling the same games every single generation, it's working. And people keep telling Sony, hey, we want to play your old stuff. Give us Jack and Daxter uh, 1, 2, and 3 as a trilogy on the PlayStation 4 up-res. Never happened. Mm. And then you got the Xbox where it's like, eh, it's a, it has Xbox on the cover. That'll work. Yeah. And I think you can't overstate the... the the amount of work that goes into getting backwards compatibility to work because during Xbox one and PS4's launch, the conversation was asked or the question was asked, do these con consoles have backwards compatibility? The answer was no. And both parties said it is extremely difficult to do and requires a lot of work. Sony have come out and said, looking at the data, most people want it, but no one actually uses it. So it's again, it's an optical thing where it looks good to have it. It's something to tick 
when you, you know, oh, it's 4K, yeah, okay. Um, you know, it has backwards compatibility. It's, it's one of those ticking points. So I think people overstate the amount of backwards compatible games on Xbox. It's not your whole library, but it is a growing list. But I think for reference, they haven't added an Xbox original title since 2019. So there's something to keep in mind. I don't think there has been a new Xbox backwards compatible game, not something that's on Game Pass or, or you yeah, can Xbox buy. Gold. Xbox Gold games. There is Xbox Gold games, but in terms of brand new ones, I think there's games that have come to Xbox Gold, but I think they haven't added new games from a list. You know, they keep saying, here's another 15 games that you can put yeah. your disc in. Potentially, maybe I'm wrong there, but I remember reading something like that. Sony have always been in the stance and their old game's old, right? And that's what they've always believed in. Um, and I think they are missing the point because there is nostalgia is not only huge, it's important. You know, if you're, for me, if I was bringing a new person, if I had a kid and they wanted to play a game, I'm not going to give them a PS5 game because I think that's not the best way to learn. A kid doesn't know that Mario is, you know, 30, 40 years old. Like, no one knows. They, well, they don't have a clue. They're like, oh, look at the graphics on this thing. I can jump. I would start a kid there and, and progress them up and then blow their minds when they play the PS7 or whatever it is. Start with the first Pepsi Man game, work your way forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Donkey Country. That's the one. Mm. That's mine. Get them to play something like that. But th- that's what I mean. Like, they're, they're, it's important. There's a lot of history there. And not only that, people would pay for this. And everyone, you know, I, I spoke about on the previous topic that Sony doesn't need a Game Pass. They don't need something. If I was them, they've got such a hitch, a rich history of exclusive games or IP that they own. I would love them to do a service like what Nintendo's done and just have a PS1 thing or some sort of service where they just keep adding retro games in and you subscribe to that alongside PS Plus. Like that would be enough for me. The fact that I can't play Infamous 1 on 2 at all except on a PS3. Or even with PlayStation Now, not every game's on there. You can play Resistance 1 on PlayStation Now, which, again, we don't have in the country, but Resistance 2 is not on there. So there's just a clear kind of like, what is going on? There has been a new pattern that came out last week that Sony filed where they were were talking about emulation and actually um, getting trophies for emulated games. So they seemingly are working on it. And that brings me to the next question. Do we think Sony will have a solution for backwards compatibility? Vian, I'll start with you this time. Oh, well, I think you just answered your question. If you have the emulation station on a PS5, for example, and then you have a subscription service for their own individual consoles, because like you got to think backwards compatibility isn't making the company any more money than it already has, because they've already you've already purchased a game previously and you're not buying it again. You were just buying the console and you they're the company's seeing no money or from you having backwards compatibility on your console so that's a big thing but if you have a subscription service it was like ps1 emulator pay three dollars a month and play all the ps1 games in the library on the console and it's just like it would be nothing because really you can fit all your ps1 games on like a 32 gigabyte cartridge it would your entire library Mm. and then the same thing with ps2 have a little have a little what's called tile in your Fucking, what's it called? My, I'm drawing blanks everywhere. People help the me home out. Screen. The Thank home, you. Your home screen. Your home screen. Yes. Have a PS1, PS2, probably not PS3. I think it's going to be a little bit difficult for emulation, but these things you can already play on a mobile device. And to have them, input, if you're not going to make an easy and accessible point that is going to be convenient, 
and fairly priced, people are just going to play the games for free somewhere else. And I think that's what that's what people got to realize. I mean, Nintendo do it. It's with a service. It's five five dollars a month, whatever. But it's technically free. And then the Mario thirty fifth anniversary, dead game by the way, Mario thirty first. Um, yeah. It's it wasn't cheap, but it was convenient for everyone. So that's that's the one thing. If it's not going to be cheap, it's going to be convenient. So finding all these mods for games, finding all the ROMs online, doing all that stuff, downloading and putting it onto a third party like emulation handheld. That's a lot of time and effort. So people won't generally do that. But if people really want to find the games, they'll find a way. But making it really convenient, it's literally the whole Netflix thing where it's why would I, I have the same DVD in my cabinet? But if I just literally have it in my hands, press X and the, the movie will start playing, it's way more convenient. I'd have to change discs, don't have to get in there. It's just people are lazy. So yeah. I think if they have a convenient way of doing it, it could be big. And they don't have to charge much. They probably will because it's their business, but they don't have to charge, mm-hmm. you know, they could bundle it all together with PlayStation Now as service. Yeah. That's what I think. And I- and I just checked whilst you, you were talking. Yeah, they haven't added any new titles. They haven't added any additional games for backwards compatibility on for the original Xbox since 2019. As in, like, as in, like, updating. So they have a list, a physical that disc have. that they. Yeah, so they haven't. They they provide like a list. They'll say like these 10 games are now active for backwards compatibility. So if you have a disc, you can put them in. Couldn't help they, it. They I know. He just loves any. being right. No, I just wanted to make sure I'm not giving out false information. Um, they haven't added any new titles to that list. I just think that's important to know, right? Because we talk about it as if it's like this full wing to wing. Yeah, every what episode. titles do you want? I don't. I, I'm just saying. Blinks. Blinks just, <laughs> it's already there. Blinks is there, but I'm just saying uh, as a <laughs> thing to note because we do talk about it as if it's full backwards compatibility and any disc works. You know, there is a there's a large library of PS2 and Xbox games that, in general. So I, I just thought it's important to know. So. But There's, Sean, Sean, yeah. what do you think about the question I was asking? Do asked. you think Sony has a solution? <laughs> to do, I, do I reckon Sony has a solution to backwards compatibility? Well, yeah, like they got a patent, so yes, they're working on it. Um, we've said it before in previous episodes. Like Sony's in a position where they can adapt. They didn't have to push backwards compatibility at all, but if it, if it works for Microsoft and it it ticks the boxes with their targeted audience, then why not? They may as well do it. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I want to put this disc, these three discs. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but you can play them on Game Pass. Aren't they on Game Pass? No, nah, you'd be able to uh, buy buy an updated version in the, in the store. The yeah, the remastered version. Yeah, you can, you can, you can do that. You can do that. And Which get on you Switch can, as well. Yeah, and it, that is also the PC version. You can fast forward and anyway. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. um, so good. It helps. I think Sony is working on it. I, I very much hope so. I think it's a huge miss to not have it. I think backwards compatibility is important because they've got a legacy. They've got a history. They need to do it. They've had patterns. I, this is just typical Sony. They take forever to do anything. You think about our, so the sound bite that we use for the shoe report is Shuhei saying, Shuhei, let us change our names. And that was from an interview in 2015 where it was an ongoing joke. People the were PSN buying with yeah. allow us to change our names because people couldn't change their PSN name on PS3. And that was because the way they developed PSN and how it all linked. 
it's just things like that. They're not very forward thinking. <laughs> you think of the, the cell architecture for PS3, they still can't emulate that thing. So it's just like, they're still figuring it out and it will take time. And I really do hope they do do it because if they don't, I'm more and more feeling green. You know what I mean? I'm feeling everything Xbox is doing. Start changing your lights. Hmm. That's a, that's a good move. That's very pro consumer, but this is what needs to happen. Like I said, in the previous topic, hold PlayStation to the fire, hold Xbox to the fire, hold everyone to the fire. Competition breeds greatness. Then there's Nintendo just, in a circle. Oh, they're, doing, they're, doing their own they're like, yeah, we can handle the heat. Don't worry about it. We it's Nintendo. fine. It's fine. It's not that hot. And I guess the last question is around game preservation. I think morally, we know, and legally, the whole idea of emulating or legally downloading a game is technically wrong. But I think there is a case to be made when a game is just non-purchasable, for instance, uh, I don't know, Tokyo Jungle, which is a PlayStation exclusive developed Japan game that you, it was only downloadable only on PS3. Mm. If that goes and you don't own that game and for some reason you want to play Tokyo Jungle, it, the moral kind of aspect of I think it's legally still not okay, but I think there is a case to be made that go for it. They, they've not, they don't want to sell it to you, so why not? What do you reckon, Sean? I'm, I don't know. I'm at the stage where we've got it. We've got a film archive. And we've got, you know, um, what's the uh, what's the terminology for things that go uh, like uh, for IPs that go into the public domain? I feel like there needs to be a decision made about games sometime soon. Maybe maybe it could be fifty years, or mm. it could be forty, whatever whatever the year amount that it is for, from when that game is first developed and released, where that code becomes available in the public domain if it's no longer making money. Um, open, yeah, exactly. Open source. I, I think that's a need that this industry needs because we don't really have preservation. We have it for film. We have it for music. We don't have it for video games because it hasn't been seen in that same light. I think with, with the numbers uh, like of income that the gaming industry has in terms of turnover, uh, which I think Josh is going to look at now or something like that. But I know that, um, one of the uh, previous Assassin's Creed games, I'm pretty sure it was Assassin's Creed 3 or Assassin's Creed 4, uh, which we're talking, you know, 2013, uh, 2014, et cetera. They had, well, 2012, 2013, they had over 600 people working on it, which are huge numbers in terms of, like, staff working on a game. Like, these are huge projects making huge amounts of money in a huge and expanding and growing industry. And we have no way to be able to access you know, these older files and older games, unless you've got that source code. Mm. And even then that source code mostly gets lost in the ether. Um, I was reading an article today, which um, popped up, which I shared to you guys. Yeah. Time uh, so, one. Yeah. So when Homefront uh, had a sequel, which was Homefront Revolution, uh, the same people who made that ended up putting a couple of levels of Time Splitters 2 into the code. Well, sorry, Time Splitters 4, I think it was. Mm. And it was just a couple of levels. It's like a demo, but it was locked behind a particular key. And that key was lost in the ether now because it was passed. It was written in a notebook and passed on to a friend who put it in a Discord. They he th- they thought he was lying. They banned him. Like there's this whole thing. But basically, the code is there in this game, but there's no like preservation for it. Yeah, and, and there's when- even been stories of developers losing. I was trying to find the games that I was trying to remember. I think it was one of the Mega Man Game Boy games. The, the developer Capcom actually lost the source code for it. 
Like they don't. In Hearts, they lost the source code to the original. They had to remake it from scratch. Yeah, there was scenes. Yeah, there was scenes. That I think I don't know if it was, was it the full game or it was a full some, game. Yeah, there was some games that you know some scenes were missing that they just didn't have. Like if someone didn't le- illegally kind of emulate that game and have it somewhere, a developer can technically. I know they're all backed up now, but some of the older stuff they lost the source code. Like this Mega Man game that it was on Game Boy, gone because the developers oh. We lost this. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's I think that's something that like we really need to look at as part of the industry, and have a way where we can preserve these games. And I, I think yeah, open source is is the best way to do it. Like maybe not necessarily public domain because that's just IP, but mm. yeah, open source in terms of the code, having a depository where you've got these game codes, where you're able to look at how these games were made, look at the assets and all that sort of stuff. Not only can it be used as an educational tool. But it's the ability to go back and play these games. Mm. There, there's a there's a huge argument that could be made for this. However, if we've got companies such as Nintendo who keep selling the same game since their first generation console every single generation, and people are still buying it, it's never going to happen. Yeah, mm. and I don't think well, that's the like more power to them. Like if they're making money, like they're a business at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go nuts. Yeah. Go nuts. But I think, I don't care if I need to rebuy. I think there just needs to be some solution and preferably it would be, be like what Xbox is doing where it's like, all right, you can put your infamous three disc in and then work. they just need to figure that out because it's important. And I think, you know, game, movies, we sell it. Like we like to celebrate things. When PlayStation had the 20th anniversary, we all bought the controller and all got excited. Like people yeah. like that stuff. Nintendo Pokemon's got 25th anniversary. Nostalgia. Yeah, it's nostalgia and it's a mixture of it's important. Like I think, I don't know. I just can't imagine teaching if I had, again, if I had a kid, giving them a DualShock Five or DualSense, sorry, and be like, "Here's Demon Souls, figure it out." Like it just wouldn't work, right? Where you give them a 2D side scroller, you, you know, you can they could figure that out. There's no There's analog two buttons. Fixes. It's very two easy. Buttons. D-pad and work your way through. And I think there will be instances where developers can look at older games or, you know, games in their contemporary and be like, oh, we can learn off what, you know, Xbox did here or what Sony did here and do all that. So I feel bad. I went the other way because um, I, I, I introduced my dad back to, to console gaming because um, he, he did PC and all that sort of stuff for a while. And um, I introduced him to console gaming. The first game that I introduced him to was Gran Turismo 4 but he used the steering wheel. Mm. And the second game was uh, Battlefield Bad Company on mm. the Xbox 360. So imagine giving him a controller and being like, there you go, first-person shooter, go nuts, learn how to move yeah. and look at the same time <laughs> and shoot. Yeah, have fun with that. So throw him in the deep end and they struggle big time. <laughs> but, uh, he's, but he's fine. I've done that. I think I think it was maybe been one of my siblings or even Naomi. Or like he played, I think it was like an Uncharted. I think it was my brother for the, like when he was. Uncharted. Uncharted. And it's just the same thing, like walking at the ground, the camera's face. Like it is actually a learning curve to kind of figure out, all right, left moves your you know, your body and your right is your head and you're looking. It, it's difficult to kind of figure out. For us, it's second nature. Um, I need to start them off with a game like Final Fantasy Thirteen. Mm. Well, if we're talking about how games are objectively harder these days, like you think about how there's handicaps now in games, like with, with uh, Mario Kart, there's auto-accelerate and the... Um, the thing that makes you stay on the Magnet, track. Magnetized keeps you to the center of the track. Yeah. yeah, like it's pretty interesting. Like our learning curve was way harder as it was just like figure it out and get good. But because yeah. I think there was very few games in our libraries back then that we were just 
dedicated to the cause and just learned how to play it. Um, my remember like, his line thing. Oh, it's a kids game, easy. And then it's oh, like somebody just gets jumped. I'm like, God damn, I can't do that. Rayman, yeah, all yeah. those games. Yeah. But Sorry, okay. With um, Super Mario Odyssey, I had my nieces play it just just because they were were bored of Mario Kart. But there's a there's a mode where it starts with a all your the entire level has arrows of where to go. So it's not necessarily helping you with the actual gameplay, but it's just directing you completely of where to go, which is pretty interesting. And then if you have, for example, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, you have, I think it's Funky Kong, who yep. does the level for you. So, yeah. And what about, right. what about our, our new Super Luigi U? You can play as Nabbit. He did not get damaged by any enemies. All you had to do was make sure you jumped over the gaps. Mm. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting how there's um, learning curves. Like there is a steep learning curve in gaming, at least new gaming, because I guess because there's more, there's way more. Um, what's it called what audience? There's a bit. There's a lot of audience, but there's more technical things, more mechanics, more game mechanics. More things going on in the back end. So it's hard. It, it is harder to learn, and which is fair enough that for kids and some adults who find it really hard, it is very. It's a learning tool, so mm. it's good in that sense. And even in the case of something, you know, not related to not being able to play games, someone buys Infamous Second Son and they're like, oh, man, this Infamous game's fantastic. Oh, did you know there was two others, uh, two other main like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. I, w- I would like to play those games. No. You can't. Do you, do you have a PS3? You know, we're 10 years in the future. They've gone back and played uh, Infamous Second Son and they want to play the originals, right? PS3s around the world are dying because they're just that old now. And, you know, it's not like the old days where it's, these are literal computers, so they will die at some point. What do you do? What you do you do? The HD remake. Hopefully, Sony will do it, just like Sly, uh, Sly Cooper. Yeah, <laughs> but, like yeah, in a world that they don't, you're kind of really screwed. Really, there's yeah. no unless PlayStation now really takes off and they can do the whole streaming thing. If there isn't a solution, they just leave money on the table. Like, who cares? And I just, I just think it's a real disappointment. And on the point of like them closing the stores to kind of wrap it up, to Sean's point, I think you mentioned at the start, like there's some games on probably PS Vita that are selling five, 10, 100 copies a year, right? And they're keeping those stores, those servers open for 10 copies. And what would I would assume happen is they would have to do like a financial thing, right? Where they go through the store and be like, you know, this game sold 10 copies. We need to cut a check to X developer for eight dollars because they you know this three dollar game sold five times that takes time money and resource where it's like all right it makes sense it makes sense to close these stores is what i'm saying it's just they should have allowed for more time and we need a solution to backwards compatibility that was the biggest tangent for ps3 and vita but yeah you know when you anyway. give me a vita topic a ps3 topic you know i'm going to ramble for a little bit right yeah keep it going for as long as you can Keep it going. I'll, I'll be on the beta store and the PS3 store until the day I die. But anyway, last topic. You'll give, you'll give us our top, the top 10 list of games to, to purchase. Yeah, do Maybe that. I should do, do that. Do a stand, Josh, mm. of the top 10 list. No, no, I'll do it in the podcast. I'll just make you guys listen. Okay, uh, last topic. E3 is back, kind of. So E3 2021 will return this June in a digital form and has been backed by some of the industry's heavy hitters, such as Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami. Ubisoft, Take Two, Warner Brothers, and Coach Media. This year's show will be online only, but very little details are available besides that. The press release states that developers will be showcasing their latest news and games directly to fans around the world. 
with the ESA working with media to amplify and make this content available to everyone for free. Gameindustry.biz understands that they, this may take the form of media-only days and streaming technology. So for those who don't know, E3 is obviously supposed to be a media kind of event or industry event, and they would have behind-closed-doors demos of games and show you know developer walkthroughs of a game that's in pre-alpha. That would, again, be exclusive to the media. But the question I wanted to ask is, did we miss E3 last year? Vinny, I'll, uh, Sean, I'll start with you this time. I think that E3, well, we didn't really miss it per se because we still had it like digital events that went on over, over the course of the time. And that, that was like the E3 month sort of thing. Um, in terms of that, I think that was the best thing for it moving forward, especially like for most people we're at home, like us in, uh, in Victoria, we're all uh, stuck in lockdown. So having the ability to be able to watch the whole show and all that sort of stuff at a you know, not too bad time, but it had all the things that we wanted to see and they were able to tailor it uh, and script it the way that they wanted to for most of these shows. I think it was better presented. We were able to get those notes and it was it was a lot easier to digest, where sometimes with these stage shows, especially if you're not there, it can feel very, oh, okay, like, yeah, i got to listen to this guy talk for a bit and because he's on the stage and, oh, okay, now we get to the... Uh, to the trailer or whatever it is or oh now we're gonna have to watch some awkward live gameplay like yeah uh, exactly no one talks like that mate. yeah nobody (laughs) talks like that but anyway so like stuff like that and i didn't necessarily miss that Hmm. but what i what i really liked of what they did was it was a full-on digital event we're able to watch it basically at any time but it was it was nice and succinct and it was very clear about the messaging that they were trying to get through but also, it was always going to be hyped because we had two new consoles on the way. So it's going to be a little bit different this year. Yeah, I agree. What about you? Um, so with... I did not miss it last year at all. I think we had enough digital events that were... It was still... They were very, like, scattered throughout the year. But they were still, they were still there. I mean, Nintendo did their thing. Sony did multiple. And so did... And so did our Xbox. Granted, they got gradually better throughout the, due to COVID, they gradually got better as they presented better and better throughout the, um, throughout the year. But I mean, we said it when we first started this podcast that E3 is kind of like Christmas. It is a weekend where it's all jam packed. It's all there for you. I kind of feel like it's not the other way was better because it gave smaller games a chance to really shine in the spotlight as well as everything saturated in a whole bundle in an entire weekend and people only really talk about the really big names that come through, which is generally like one of each console just to tell mm. you. So before, for example, if E3 was coming up, I'd say like, you know, Breath of the Wild 2 or they announced like the Switch Pro for Xbox could be something like, I don't know. And then for PS5 could be, I don't know. Here's what could, yeah. Here's what could be on Charter 5. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, as to name it as the flavor of the tonight's podcast but i think i don't think it'll do as well as it has previous years not because of covid i think it just i think people really like the other format better me being one of those people mm. times are changing mm. we should change with it having it quarterly is a very easy very understood process and it gave you it kind of like 
tickled your fancy the entire way through. Flowed throughout the year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that one. I am so torn on this. And it you might, love may just be I love E3. I love watching all the conferences live. It used to be a big thing. I'd get together with my uncle and would stay up and watch the whole thing. And That's called nostalgia. That's nostalgia. That is part of it. And to your point, to actually, you know, assist in your points, the PlayStation reveal event has 15 million views on YouTube, and that was hosted obviously by PlayStation. Their E3 press conference, their last one from 2018, again, this wasn't a console reveal year, so that's going to factor so it in. 2019? Uh, I got the 2018 one because remember they were they didn't do 2019 because they did, 2019 they did a little, little yeah. gate for half an hour or a little outdoor shed. Yeah, anyway. so 2018 was their last E3 conference, two and a half million views. So clearly, again, PS5 was launching last year, so there was a lot of hype around that. That's what's bumped up the numbers, but 15 million versus two and a half. So there is a clear disparity there, right? Sony basically could say, well, we did it better on our own and we need, didn't need to pay for a booth and all that fun stuff. What if E3, as we know, is going all digital? They've spoken about their plan is for next year to bring back people. Um, I think the days of a live sh- press conference with Jack Trent, oh, not Jack Trent, Jim Ryan coming on stage, and, oh, I'm Jim Ryan, and he's blah, that's gone. We know that, right? Microsoft have already done that. That's that's gone. I, I, I like that, but it's gone. I'm not going to pretend like it's coming back. Where I think people miss E3 is I actually liked having this one week, the Christmas, where I knew. This is what's happening. And I think what Vinny said about, you know, indie games getting kind of blown out by, you know, PlayStation announcing the new God of War or whatever and just takes up the conversation is true in some senses, but it can also work backwards as well. Like if Devolver Digital say, hey, we're hosting our own showcase on their own, uh, as many, many, no one cares. Where like E3, if you're part of E3, you're getting everyone's eyes on you anyway, right? They are looking elsewhere and looking at everything that's happening. But there is more eyes on technically on your game at that one moment. No Man's Sky, anyone? Is getting stretched out. No Man's Sky is a perfect example. But Sony really, 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 really pushed that game on E3 for some reason. They really were just like, this is the best thing ever. And then it came out and I was like, no, no, no. But now, um, but now hey, it's good again. Um, so I think there could be a case made for both. I think last year was a bit messy and I don't think that was anyone's fault. Like Jeff Keighley kind of came in and said, we're doing the summer game first and try to schedule all those people. But I think where E3 can succeed is everyone go to them and then they say, all right, we're going to space you guys out. So you're not on top of each other. Because last year it was like Nintendo the night before saying, Hey, uh, in five hours we're doing a Nintendo direct or Microsoft came out and said, Hey, we're going to do an inside Xbox event every month. And they did two. And then they never did another one or, Sony went quiet and everyone's like, what's going on? I like the idea of saying, you come to us, we'll schedule you in. You can hype it up as much as you want and everyone will know when you're on and how you're on and what we're doing. That's what I think where E3 can succeed. It's formatted a lot neater. I'll agree with you. But I think it's still very saturated in that. Because like E3 could do... Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I agree. Carry on. Carry on. Any other thoughts on that, Sean? Look, I think that like E3 was good, but I think last year has shown that it's not necessarily the event of E3. It's the time of E3. And yeah, I, I think that if we've got like our E3 week and everything, like every everyone has like something in that week, 
that's great. If you want to have it the week before, well, eh, it's the week before, but that doesn't matter because we're after E3 week. And I think that's kind of the mindset that we would want to see going forward. Like, I'm okay with having your events and all that sort of stuff. Who knows? We, we, we may never go or whatever, but, like, yeah, good. Let, let the kids have their fun. Uh, but otherwise, like, give us the information. Give it to us in a way that's succinct, that we're able to see it. We're able to see exactly what they want us to see. They're, mm. They can pre-record it. They can have it all nice and, and neat up, you know, with a little bow on it and say, okay, we're going to launch this at, you know, whatever time on this day. And then it's like, okay, great. We can set up. We can get ready. We can watch it. Hmm. Um, and that's what I think it is. I think there's a bit E3 hosting it. We'd say, like, you know, before it goes live, they do the pre-show, <laughs> they do the press conference, and then maybe afterwards they have Ryan on, on the couch and they talk about it. I think that's what E3 will be. It will no longer be the stage shows because as much as everyone's like, we don't need E3, you know what's going to happen this year, right? They've got E3. Sony EA aren't part of it. Can you bet in what month they're going to hold a press conference? It'll be the week, the day before E3 starts or the day yeah. it finishes. Like they're going to aim for that it, time. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be before or after. So everyone's going to be, and Sony usually go, they're usually the last conference to close the show out. So they'll probably, they always go after, they like to wait to the end. Um, but as much as everyone's like, oh, we don't need E3, give everyone space. Everyone's going to be aiming for that week, that month anyway. Like they're going to. No one's going to not be part of that conversation. It's end so, of financial year Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, e3 to succeed that's what i would do i'd go to sony i'd go to everyone and say you host your own thing but what will we what we want to do is obviously host the stream as part of it um we want to do a pre-show with maybe one of the developers on or something you know we'll talk about what we think's coming and talk about the predictions like what we do every week and then post-show have uh, reggie on or whatever but like have some have an industry expert have some media personnel on there and do a 40 minute stream podcast talking about what was announced and doing all that fun stuff because that was always the best bit. You finish the conference, everyone would be ranking who did better. Like it's it's stupid, but it's fun. Like no one could sit there and say they didn't enjoy all that. It was always always fun. Yeah. So okay. So with E three coming up, well now that it, you know they are doing an E three, what's one prediction that you want to lock away now? Oh, I didn't think of this. It's E three. <laughs> Got to predict something. I don't mind. I don't mind the. Okay, I don't mind the Kojima rumors. I, I'm. I'm thinking there might be something in that. I reckon. Yeah, I reckon he'll, he'll. He'll. He'll be. He'll be part of Xbox somewhere. They might. They like. They were saying that they're going to show the game. How would that be if they, you know, came up and said, "Oh yeah, new game coming out. It's going to be uh, Xbox Game Pass, day one." That'll be interesting. So you know, that's your. That's your uh, early 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 pick at the moment mm. that's what i'm going with I, i'm sure we'll refine it leading up into e3 but that, that i'm feeling i'm feeling something i agree especially with, with the rumors today i agree that we'll probably get a reveal from him i don't think we'll get that much it'll literally be either he comes out and say oh i'm excited to work with xbox to reveal in my new game and it's a logo and a five second clip but even coming out with xbox mm. that's enough yeah that's a big i could i can see it don't know if it's going to happen, but I would be sold either way. Now he pops up at the end of the video. Hello, sorry, but we have no news for Andy. Yeah. <laughs> but he's death stranding. But uh, unfortunately, we've got nothing to share right now. Um, so he's death stranding coming to Xbox Game Pass. He's Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> hey, what about Metal Gear remake? That's that's been rumored. I think that could be. I think that's going to be announced too. Oh no, it's too early. Blue nah. Point just finished Demon Souls. Yeah, too early. It's too. It early. could that's be announced. Could be announced. 
They could have two teams. We don't know. But that's the hard thing, right? Like, Sony have announced a lot. If you think about it, like Insomniac have done Miles Morales. They've got Ratchet and Clank. So they're out, right? Yeah. Um, San Diego, we know we're going to continue to do MLB. Santa Monica are doing God of War. That's probably where we'll see God of War for the first time. Um, Gorilla's doing Horizon. I think what we'll get is a teaser for Days Gone 2. That game came Remember out. Final Fantasy, Fantasy 16. Oh, yeah, sure. That, 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 that's coming and we'll get a release date for that um, or a release month. But I think we'll see. I, I, this is just an early prediction. It'll be I haven't thought I haven't, till next I haven't, yeah. I haven't uh, fermented 20, on it. 2023. Yeah. It hasn't digested properly, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a new Days Gone because that was 2019. Um, they would have gone straight to work on that after, obviously, the PS5 upgrade. They've given that game away on both the PlayStation Plus collection and now PlayStation Plus as well. Um, they've patched it for PS5. So it seems like they're gearing up for a new day's gone. So that do, we would know, be my do we know when the filming is for the Ghost of Tsushima film? That, uh, well, that just got announced and just got a director. So I wouldn't expect Yeah, I know, they, I know just got the director. No, because I'm just thinking, like, even if they film something. It's like it a short. Be, yeah. 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 Like, the trailer. Like a, just a, Something, yeah. Hmm. No, it might be too early. It might be too early. All right, so you're doing hmm. Xbox, you're doing PlayStation. Super right, Nintendo then. Switch, E3. Bang. It's not going to be Super Nintendo Switch. I don't, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't think no, they'll no, do that. No, no, I don't see it either, but I want it. That's not you know that, yeah, it, they'll do it after. They'll do it whenever they they'll do it. They'll do their own treehouse. You know, they actually got the, um, I don't think it was a patent, but it was. Oh, I think it might have been a patent for a, um, a new dock. Oh, I didn't see the dock. Mm, I saw the, the, saw the new screen, saw the new Joy-Cons. Yep, new yep, yep. So I, I think I only read that in the GPU. last 24, 48 hours. So yeah. there's a new dock. So That's the thing. It's hard to read because patents switch. come out of nowhere and people patent everything. Because it, remember like the um, the patent for the um, – it was a PlayStation controller that broke apart that had the two PlayStation move balls on it, which we kind of technically got with the new VR thing. Like it's – Looks yeah. like a controller, but, but it's not the telecoms. Yeah, but people just, um, you know, patent everything. Yeah, there was a patent for the Pokemon Emerald remake with uh, Alpha and Ruby, but never got made. Hmm. Alpha but, uh, and Omega Ruby. Yeah, Omega Ruby, and I guess Alpha that brings Sapphire. me to yeah. The, yeah. the last point: our favorite E3 memory or some of our. It could be a moment that happened, like actually as part of the show, or something you used to do. Like I've spoken about how I used to watch them all. What's some of your favorite E3 moments? I'll start with Sean. My body Hello, is ready. Hmm? My body is ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that will go down. Oh, that's classic. Oh, that, yeah, such a classic line. I think that was that was great. And also like the Wii music. Oh, that is was, mine. That was <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Nintendo's got some really good ones because of the peripherals and all that. Oh, yeah, you could say shock as well. I think I think they were pretty good. Skyward Sword, remember um, that on on stage live, and it's like, oh look at look at well the controller works, and because obviously all the cameras and everything going on, he's holding the Wiimote like that. The, kind of, the sword's kind of like swinging back. Uh Miyamoto, he tried, he tried. That's that's a good one as well. Vinny, have you got any? Uh the Iwata and Reggie fight for like I think it was like Smash, Smash. yeah, mm-hmm. when they like announced like me fighters. I think that was the one. Yeah, that was such a good like little skit that they did. That was so hype. I mean, like, granted, mm. it's 
like it was just like yeah me fighters who gives a crap but it was a lot of the, a lot of the big ones i remember is like um they're mostly nintendo like so when the original xbox was announced it was bill gates and the rock yeah i remember that yeah he's in his suit yeah, yeah the whole thing yeah like so i remember that but most of like my big e3 moments are all nintendo because i'm thinking like star fox zero um they they did the treehouse for like you know they do that across the um the e3 week or whatever so they'd have like their little show and then they'd have like a live stream that would go the entire uh time of e3 and they'd just have people come in and talk about the games and that sort of stuff the uh, nintendo treehouse like they're, they're kind of like the better moments that i found because at least that's something i can like tune into at any time whereas with the big shows it was like okay you gotta block out 40 minutes and out of that 40 minutes 20 minutes is bullshit mm. and then we'll see some trailers yeah. yeah and they got better and better at that for you know early on like early early on in e3's history it was literally like powerpoints and graphs because <laughs> like here's a here's what the ps3 this is what the cell architecture looks like <laughs> who cares <laughs> oh, and what about the xbox one price uh was it the xbox one price announcement and oh, then oh yeah price announcement it was yeah so i was going to touch on it as a, as a moment that will forever go down in infamy it was the xbox one reveal e3 conference the tv tv call of duty sport thing yeah that was insane and then obviously connect being bubbled in and the price and then there was the interview that with um oh Don yeah Matrix, yeah where it was you know oh we've got a console i think the quote was and i may be I'm a little rusty it has been 10 years we have a console for people who play offline and it's the xbox 360 <laughs> Oh, okay. So all those army yeah. army veterans are in cabin. You know, they, they don't have internet access. You're saying not to buy the console. You're saying they can't buy. Yeah. And so it came out just at the price. And and then, yeah, and then followed that up with Sony's press conference. And that was when we got the um, How to Share Games on PlayStation. That's when we got Jack Trenton saying, Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> we won't require daily check-ins. We won't require all that. And then they announced the price. That that, that was probably one, That won so many people over. Biggest hype moment. Sorry, Sean. Yeah, that was like the one big E3, like for that those console launches, because it was a real big like, man, Microsoft's really building up and uh, disappointment. Uh, and then Sony's like, yeah, bang, 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 see you later, mic drop, off we go. Mm. It's very um, reminiscent of the two ninety nine price. Remember we did oh, the, the PlayStation documentary when he came out at two ninety nine and he walked off. Very, very similar to that. There has been some shockers. Like Sony has had some shocking press conference. But for me, you think about our intro. The PS3 stuff, one Kevin, was not good. PS3 was rocky. Like I said, after 2009, they got a bit better. And then they had Wonderbook and the move. And you're like, Ugh. but they did the, the Kevin Butler thing. That whole Kevin Butler character that they created, where he was like the you know VP of this and the VP of Sony. First, it would make up all these fake titles and he'd give these really cool speeches and the ads were really cool and um i liked that i liked at that time that was like what i spoke about in the first topic that was like shuhei on stage jack tretton coming out they had kevin butler you know, Geo Corsi, they had all that stuff personalities on stage and um for me that was really cool i'm thinking even in 2014 we had metal gear 5 when that was announced that was huge like when we got that first because if you remember they announced ground zeros as it it wasn't a Metal Gear game. No one knew it was Metal Gear at the start. It was all those when they had the fake studio. Kojima was wearing a stupid mask with a wrap on it. Like no one knew what that game was. I think people started to figure out because it was like Moby Dick Studios. I think they called it. Um, 
but that was that was a cool moment. That was really cool. Any others that stand out, good or bad? I think it, it's probably like, and it is the recent one. It's the one where you know PlayStation had their little tent out the front, and they're like, "Here you go. Here's 20 minutes of Last of Us Part Two and God of War, and that's it. See you later." Yeah, like that I think was them saying we're out. I think. <laughs> They they were mentally checked out because like E three was like a big deal for a for like for everybody really, and Sony were like, look, we're not really getting much out of this. We're just gonna go in with minimal effort. Say this is what we've got. We're well, out. On the, I don't think it was minimal effort because apparently the people in the room really enjoyed it because they actually moved people from different rooms for every game they revealed. So like they did the Ghost of Tsushima. They had the guy playing the flute. For us, it was like. They're like, they cut away from the stream and they went back and like, oh, they're just preparing for the next, like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, exactly. And and that's like kind of what I'm getting at because E3 was mostly about the people who were there mm. and it was the media early on. Like it was for the media and journalism and in- industry figures and all that sort of stuff. And it was all for them. And then they started bringing in the public and they had to make it like a big show for, oh, look at all the, the razzle-dazzle and all this sort of stuff. And now we've kind of, we've come to like a, a like, a conclusion which involves both of them. Yeah, it's like a happy medium where we've got, you know, these videos that are coming out that are already gone through uh, post-production. They all look really schmick. They've got the the trailers. They've got the intros. They've got the interviews. They've got everything, all part of a package that not only can you pass off to media, but you can pass off to just the general public and say this is, like, this is what we're giving everybody. And it's polished. There's no, like, character falling through the world or, you know, the PS3 controller is not synced. They're trying like, to turn the-, the jokes, which are like, you know, they're already scripted or whatever, but like, at least you can kind of, you can write that humor and it can come off better. Whereas if you make a joke on stage and nobody laughs, well, like, it just, oh, that's it's the best part. No, it's so bad. <laughs> Ubisoft used to have some shockers. They definitely benefited from having these digital showcases. Right. Like, remember, it was like 20 <laughs> minutes of people dancing on stage for uh, Just Dance. And we're like, can we just, just, do we have a new Splinter Cell? No. Okay, let's just move on. Let's get out of here. Dude, mobile. Yeah, exactly. Coming to mobile. Um, we got a question there in the chat, though. Is E3, let me just bring up my chat because I'm not the best at this. Is E3 only in America or is there any Australian events for this stuff? E3 is hosted in uh, America. It is streamed everywhere. But we do have some events. Like we do have PAX. E3 Expo was the other one that kind of came through. But nothing... Expert. Nothing on the scale. The big, the big ones are E3 in June, Gamescom in August, Paris Games Week Tokyo when Game they show. do that, and PGS Tokyo Game Show. But nothing, nothing here in Australia. And really. not really. Like these first, these six months, really between Christmas and um, e, and E3, which is you know around June, uh, July, mostly June. Like, there's not really a lot now, which is most, which is the time where like you'll get games like your Ratchet and Clank and this sort of stuff. Like, we'll start to see like little bits. It's usually a good release period because remember, Far Cry Six is coming. Yeah, it's supposed to be oh, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, that, that's coming. I'm pretty sure this month or next month or something Actually. like that. We haven't seen anything in the last three months since like it was announced. It was meant to be February. It's been pushed back. I haven't seen anything at all. But we'll start. <laughs> Mark my words. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's really. I actually like what they've done. Where it's traditionally games would release in fall, right? We'd always talk about you know American time, October, November, and then I believe it was Metal Gear Solid Five was the first real big game to come out in September, and then fall became from September onwards. 
But then if you go back to even further to Dying Light on PS4 in 2014, that came out in March. And that was like that game that came out where nothing was coming out and just blew everyone out of the water. Everyone was playing it. And then all these developers are going to hold on. We can release any time of the year. Like, let's not all cram ourselves in October to go against Assassin's Creed and all that. You yeah. know, we saw Horizon come out in March. Lesser extent, Last of Us is a June game. But we're seeing games release earlier, earlier and earlier, which I think is great. I thought, I thought it was May. What? Last of Us. Oh, let me fact check myself. It might be that part too. Well, it was, thinking of things getting released, you know that the Atari VCS came out like in December last year. Like I was just thinking of it. And like 850 bucks Australian. More, more than the Xbox, more than the PS5. And I just, for some reason, I just like wanted to see what it was like. It's actually sold out at JB. They're not getting, I think it's like, I don't think they actually ever got it, but it's totally sold out at JB. But, and then the other thing that's coming out, like that KFC console, which is essentially just a computer (laughs) that is also an air fryer. Why not? But it's, it's also, I can't believe that it's KFC and Cooler Master. It's like a a well-known PC brand. I think it's got something like a um, 2070 Super in there, like equivalent to an, a very high end graphics card that is just under the the three thousand series that came out. But it's a console yeah. chicken Yeah, it's a what console could... slash fried chicken warmer. Or it could be any they don't discriminate food, it could be any kind of food warmer, really. But mm. the KFC console, if you haven't heard of it, look it up. It looks ridiculous. It looks like an air fryer. Yeah. And then the Atari yeah. VCS eight hundred. Yeah, and there's the Intellivision Amico, which uh, remember Earthworm Jim Four guys? Yeah, the only console. console. Exclusive. Intellivision when did I say Four. Last of Us was yeah. coming out? You said June. Yeah. I said June, didn't I? I last of Us Part Two was nineteenth of June. Part One was fourteenth of June. Okay, so they're both June. Both June. But you Check. were kind of right because it did get delayed into June. But, um, so sorry. I'll give you some Suki in the chat. What the hell? It's a meme. No, it is not a meme. It is a legitimate thing. An actual it's console is coming out. Actual consoles to a low. KFC? No. Yeah. Uh, probably Wi-Fi. They'll stock it. EB Games will stock it. Do you think KFC it. will stock it? Like each no, each individual no, franchise will be like, sorry, can I just get a 12-piece and the KFC console, please? No. Just might, Each store might have a competition to win one, but that's about it. Yeah. I forgot right. my last, what I was talking about. I think that was it. You're talking about your E3 moments and then... No, 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 we're talking about Last of Us. Oh, we're talking about games launching earlier and earlier. Yeah, I can't remember anymore. I can't remember. <laughs> but, you know. I think, that's, I think it's the time to call it. I think it is the time to call it. So if America was a console, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. America console, it'd be a KFC console, which when you open it, it would be like a six-shot revolver and you'd, you'd have a one-in-six chance that you'd be shot. Mm. Wow, that is... got to include a gun in there somewhere. Yeah, true. <laughs> All wow. right, I think we will, on that note, that very light note, we will wrap up the episode. So thank you to everyone watching live in the chat. Uh, and if you are watching this on YouTube, please note we do record live every Thursday on Twitch at 7.30, twitch.tv slash busyplayingsomething. Uh, so we'd really like if you can uh, follow us here on, on Twitch, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter. I think it's probably the best way at busy underscore playing. That's the best way to keep up to date with everything we're doing. Uh, please remember, please be excited. Sean streams every Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday at 7 o'clock. 
<laughs> I'll get there one day. I've got, the, I've got the start of the show, right? I'm just trying to wrap it up. Every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. on twitch.tv slash holy You can see his name there on the screen. And Vincent Candelo streams when he gets the time, most likely Sunday. Sundays and Tuesdays, most likely. Sundays and Tuesdays. So I really need to write these down. And as for me, you'll only find me here on Twitch. I'm exclusive, okay? I'm like a first-party Twitch exclusive. And it's probably because and I can't YouTube. use and on yeah. YouTube. I'm a second party published by Twitch. Oh boy. What's the difference between? <laughs> but that has been busy playing something for this week, this, uh, episode 47. So thank you again to everyone in the chat. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook. I've been your host, Joshua Lorosa, joined by Sean Harron, Vincent Gandello. Vinny, please close us out. May the power protect you. Goodbye. Peter, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all. You ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? Behold my greatest creation, Mac.